0: Well, folks, Gen Z is here. Uh, the first ones are they are halfway through college already. So what do you need to know about a generation who doesn't really remember life without smartphones and they even have the option of taking an Uber to high school? They want things to be simple and transparent. That's what you need to know about them. Uh, one area the student housing industry has struggled to make simple and transparent has been utility management. That's why Simple Bills was created. Ten years ago, two Baylor students who were frustrated at splitting up bills with roommates, they created a company that solved that frustration and launched Simple Bills. Soon after that, they realized not only could they help roommates and their, their college buddies out, but they also realized they could help student housing managers with this process as well and give them back more time to focus on their residents and give them better data to easily recognize potential savings. If you are a student housing manager and you are not providing a simple and transparent process for your resident utility management, you will not serve Gen Z well, and it will show up in your online reputation, which will ultimately be paid for in your marketing expenses. If this is you, contact Simple Bills today at www.simplebills.com. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we're putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and joining me today are co-hosts, Lincoln Ogata and Greta Dare. Hello. How you doing, Wes? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Uh, happy to
1: happy <laughs> to be on here and uh, and get to talk more about what I love, student housing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, we are. Um, we're at the recording of this. I think we're. Uh, what's the day, July twelfth? Um, and, and I, we're kind of. We've got other podcasts that are ready to be released, but I wanted to, to jump this one ahead of those just because of the timing of it, and uh, because we're literally within the last couple of weeks before before move out, and I felt like everybody kind of needed. Some type of encouragement, some type of reminder of, of just how to you know finish things off for for this academic cycle, this leasing season, and it's always one of those things where you start getting focused so much on you know what's happening with the new year, you're already thinking about you know having to start the renewal process again, and you know <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's it's just this constant cycle, and I think in order to And certainly things that i've learned over the year is it's it's going to be a lot easier to to start stronger in the next season if you finish strong this season and so that's that's the title of this episode and it's really just kind of reminding everybody or if you're new to student housing or to a management position within student housing it's really about just kind of informing them on hey here are some things that you need to be thinking about because if you don't think about it it's going to end up causing problems down the road. So uh, I've got a fantastic lineup that I interviewed with. Most of the guys were from from the supply side, uh, be it the property management systems and and utilities and that type of thing that are going to give some great tips to everybody on, on things that they should be thinking about in order to to make sure that it doesn't cause problems for them later. But before I jumped into that, I really wanted to have both of you guys on because, you know, all three of us have been on the site level side and in, in operations during this time and from, you know, very different angles. And it's something that, I you know, I wanted to, to talk with you guys specifically on, you know, what are the type of things that we need to be thinking about from a facility side, from a leasing side, from an overall operation side, in order to, to again finish strong. So, guys, with, with with that being said, what's what's some of the frustrations that you guys have had during your your experience in student housing, specifically on site, where you got to the other side of move out, and maybe even the other side of move in, and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot to do that, or <laughs> oh, shit, I could have done. This. <laughs> any examples that you guys have?
2: You know, I'm going to get I'm going to go ahead and start first if that's cool. So, for me, it's it's about cohesiveness on the on the site level and that was one of the the biggest issues that I think that a lot of us run into on the site level, Wes, you and I have kind of talked about this in the past at different points, right? Where you see an onsite team that some of them where the, the property at the site level is potentially very very far behind in leasing and you're in the middle of focusing on turn or even if there are still just a couple of leases to gain and you have this kind of thought process that seems to happen in some people's minds where, and this is from the top down. So now it's turn is happening. We're gonna focus on turn, turn is what matters, turn is all that matters. And it's like I said, it's it it starts from the top and it works its way down. And it wasn't something that you and I dealt with when you know you and I worked together because we were on the same level of these two things have have a shared level of equal importance they're both major parts of the business they're both well, and, parts of the business
0: you know and <clears throat> to be fair to everybody when you and i were complimenting e- each other in in that it wasn't you and i weren't on site together well you know, no the, the struggles on site you know when you're talking about you know even between uh, it's not even a property manager and a facilities manager it's it, it, you know it could be between the property manager and the leasing manager right However,
2: those still, those, I, even when you and I worked together, those things still existed. That's oh, actually absolutely. where, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the thing is that it's this message is for everyone. This isn't just for the on site team. This isn't for the regional managers. This isn't for, you know, the people who were senior managers, directors, VPs, above. Everybody has to be on that same level of cohesive mindset that every single area of the business is just as important as every other area of the business at all times, including TURN. And we have a really bad habit of forgetting that. So when you're at a site and that site is behind leasing or only has a couple more leases to go, and TURN kicks into high gear. And if you have somebody on site, whomever... let's,
0: Let's be honest. Even those that are that are hundred percent lease you're, you're still trying to build a waiting list because you, you know there are people that are not going to show up so Thank for anybody you know, i'm glad
2: you brought that up yes for
0: anybody that says oh we're leased up we can focus completely on turn you, you can focus more on i don't want to say focus more you can have a clearer focus on uh, on turn because I don't think you're going to be riddled with, you know, with as much traffic and that type of thing. But man, someone wants to come in and lease and they're fine with going on the waiting list. You know, there needs to be a lot of attention, put you know, put on that person uh, because it may not even work out for this year for that person to to live there. But he can start leasing for next year with that person. So
1: And what I was going to say real quick, too, again, this isn't my uh, exact area here, but I have done this before. Obviously, we always put the emphasis on move-in day is such a good marketing tool that can happen not only for that year, but for future years. When you come and help your friend move in somewhere because you're excited or it's your older sister and she's going in and you're going to be in college the next year or something, um, really making the move-in an experience, a lot of signage out in front. It's not really about once they get on site to getting in, but based on where your location is in your town, there could be a lot of parents driving by and seeing, wow, that place is having fun on move-in. And that can be such a great tool for just kickstarting your next year's turn. Again, if you don't have vacancies at that time, of the year definitely for the renewal and definitely putting in their mind oh wait that place is an awesome place to move in or if they help that's why it turns so important to go in there and go to a shining room that smells great and looks great it's just so much marketing that happened during the move absolutely absolutely i'll
0: I'll spend a little bit more time on that later but we interrupted you greta because you were about to go into your second point there
2: No, it's and that's that all plays a part into it for sure. It's but really what it is, is that it's making sure that you aren't spending any that there's nobody on the team that's saying that every single focus, every single team member, every single person is only focused on turn. And we all have that kind of mentality where this is the most difficult part of the 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 season. This is the most difficult part of the year. Everybody needs to be it's all hands on deck. Everybody's going to be a part of this. Everybody's going to be working here till nine o'clock at night. Everybody's going to be a part of cleaning. Dusking, doing all of this stuff. And that's great. And you're right. And we all are going to be doing that. But you don't get to forget the whole other key area of the business that makes the business successful. And you're right, Wes, even if you are a hundred percent leased, because you are going to have no shows. Like, I would love to hear from the one property that's never had no shows. I'm sure it exists. I would just like to honestly hear from it. So Really, it's about everybody being on the same page, making sure you are not that person and getting everyone you know from the top down to making sure everybody is cohesively agreeing that everything in the entire business matters. And that comes down to you know the thought process, the encouragement, and then the scheduling and the on-site support. And then from there, it goes down to, all right, do we have enough team members? And then, how are we going to schedule them out? Who are the best team members to focus on leasing and marketing from there? So, between during the entirety of turn, what are the events that we need to be a part of? Who are the team members that don't need to be walking units, that don't need to be a part of the actual turn process during these specific hours? You need to be working with your on site facilities manager, whomever it is that's a part of that. You need to be looking at your team members that. Don't, aren't necessarily needing to be a part of that term process that can man the office or can man the phones, are making those last minute phone calls, are available to close on tours, or do need to go out and be on campus or be a part of any of the, the on-campus marketing or any of those items. And you do need to be making those schedules just as you would during any other part of the year. And yes, it's stressful. And yes, it sucks. We all know that. Everybody on this call has been there. We have all been a part of it but it will be over and it is ultimately for the best and it does lead to your success and it is necessary and it is crucial. So, Ultimately, everybody has to be cohesive. Everybody has to recognize that all of these parts are essential. You do need to pick the best team members, pull them away from the turn process, look at those areas and say, how does the scheduling need to work? Who needs to be a part of the sales process in the office and the phone calls? And then how do they they need to go out and market if that is a process? And if you do need tips, again, on the marketing process during the summer, we do have a podcast for that. Go back and listen to it. Um, And there are additional tips on the SHI community shi or studenthousinginsight.com member login sign up and (laughs) all of those things will help so that was kind of where it was at because i think those are the biggest issues or those were the biggest issues that i dealt with when it came to being on site during term was really just people being like no this is all about turn that's all we're focusing on and it's like ah it's not though
0: yeah yeah, no, exactly and especially if you're in, especially if you're in one of those late markets where, you know, oh, right god, on, yeah. you know, there's some that we, you and I were even scratching our heads of how is this person getting this many leases during turn and how is this even
2: happening? What are you people yeah, doing? Yeah, and, 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 and it's just
0: a, uh, yeah, you know, th- there are some of those markets, especially your tier two markets, where a lot of people end up making that decision to go to that university at the last minute, and literally August is like the biggest month for them. So, so weird. So yeah, and, and in that situation, you know, we even knew it was coming and, and because we experienced before, but it is so incredibly difficult to to plan and manage. To plan and it yeah. and it takes you know, if you're a regional regional manager or above and you know that about one of your properties, you Better, 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 <laughs> put um, some additional resources on that property because uh, just to focus on leasing. Because if you don't, uh, not only are you going to miss out on on capturing those leases, but on top of that, you're going to have a very disgruntled team that is just uh, it's tough, and they they need the support. So yeah,
1: and and if I can speak to that too, the the thing I, you know I always like to give my experiences on there. Uh, you know, when I used to, uh, you know, run the actual turns, I would, I would call all hands for trash out time that first 24 hour period or whatnot it was. And then I would usually leave alone my AGM, the leasing manager and let them pick somebody um, or whatnot during that time. And then I wouldn't call all hands again until sparkles, you know, sparkle teams come out, you know, day before moving or so. Uh, but I do want to speak to the owners in this and, you know, here I am on pedestal talking to owners, just a recommendation, if you will, if you were worried about spending a little extra money to get some temporary labor to where you Already trained, um, already market ready marketers are having to do turn work. Please spend the money, get some temporary labor to help them out, so that those individuals are there, so you have a properly manned marketing team in office during this time. So again, myself, I'm guilty of stealing them all for trash out and stealing them all for sparkle time. But in between there, just don't count on all your on site people. These are people you've already trained. They already know uh, the. You can't get put it like this. You can't get temporary help for marketing, but you can get it for um, flipping furniture and cleaning out room So that's all I'll say on that part. You
2: know what? No, Lincoln. I'm really glad that you well, brought. I'm just going re- really, oh, really go quick.
0: Ahead. Really quick. If anybody needs a definition of of sparkles, just it's <laughs> it's Lincoln at easyturn.net, <laughs> and it will give you a full explanation.
2: It's so funny though because my very first student housing turn, I had it was such a different experience for me because I. I went through a couple of them after that. And my very first one, we had temp workers. We had people that were hired just specifically for that purpose. And it was because, you know, I was a specialist. I was there for the purpose of assisting with the leasing and marketing. Technically I was there just for the marketing. We've covered this before. I didn't help with leasing. However, I was there for that purpose. So I wasn't there during turn. I was at two different properties during their term process and these people can attest to this, I didn't help with turn at these properties. That's not what I was there for. I'm not here to help you with turn. And it wasn't because I wasn't willing. I'm not, I mean, Wes, you know this, like, I am not afraid to clean. This is not an issue for me. I will fix, I will clean, I will trash, I don't care. I'll get dirty. I'm here to get dirty.
0: You'll move furniture too.
2: Yeah, I I will move furniture late into the the night. I don't care. So it wasn't about that. It's that I was sent here with this purpose because you're behind in leasing and this is what you need me here for. Mm. And so Again, this is what I what I'm talking about is this property knew that when you have people or when you have this need at your property, take the people and use allocate your resources, Properly. So if you have great leasing team members, if you have marketing specialists or whatever the case may be, send those resources out and utilize them effectively. And then yeah, bring in some temp staff or whatever amount that you can get them for and have them move your furniture, have them clean your apartments or have them come do the trash outs and you know, keep those other two people to do other things and have them help sparkle. Have those temp workers. And if you need extra assistance on actual move-in day, because we had temp workers for move in day as well. That's bring those in. It was the weirdest thing to me as I kind of moved forward in my career that we didn't use temp workers at all. It was it was very and it wasn't worked into the budget. It wasn't a part of the budget. It was so interesting because I was like these move in days don't go quite as efficiently. These move ins, these turns, these these final days don't go quite as well as that first one did with, I will only say her first name, but I do love her dearly with Cindy. Um, And she, you know, it was the most beautiful move in day I experienced in my entire life. And the whole process was gorgeous. I know no offense to anybody else, but I'll never look (laughs) at a a Starbucks drink different, you know, the same again because of her.
0: (laughs) Well, anything else that you guys want to, to mention from previous experiences on, you know, things that you've learned that you want to share with everybody. Um, Yeah. Not to blend it
1: with the tips part that I'm, I'm guessing I'll I'll be getting into next, but, um, a really simple thing is just to try to remember, especially if you're at the manager level or something, some of your workers might go throughout the year. That's another thing too, I guess, since I'm being real ADD about this. You're also going to have a lot of new employees that come in just during this time. That's just the way student housing works when you get your student worker. So uh, it really is important too that that you can set a good example for them during this time and, and teach them what's going on. And if they can survive turn, they're good for the rest of the year on there. But no, just about having really, really good way of documenting the issues you run into because I've already been at properties where somehow we completely forget something that bit us the year before and all of a sudden we're experiencing the exact same issue again. And it made me think about that, Greg, when you were talking about manning and stuff, we've had stuff where we're like, well, who's in the office? And we're like, no one's in the office. Is it it office hours? Did you put a sign up? But just definitely, that's such a generic statement, but it really is true. Anything that really kind of rocks your world or throws you for a curveball, take time, write it down, put it somewhere um, so you don't forget it the next
0: year and run right back into it.
1: That's a great
0: point. So, uh, anything else? Like, can it sound like you had some some specific bullet points you you might want to get into um, uh, that is probably a little bit more facility specific. A- anything there you want to run through just to remind people of?
1: Yeah. So I, I you know, I kind of got some, some direction, and some outline of some areas to bring up some tips for. And one of mine was, was chargebacks, which can be such a painful thing. And I make this, you know, maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's not. No one's had the heart to tell me yet, but the whole, the whole deal where everyone's mom's a lawyer on a board somewhere and just dealing with uh, all the issues with chargeback. And I'll tell you one thing, if you're not organized um, with your chargebacks, then it's really easy to poke holes in your case. It's just like going in front of a judge every single time. Every time you have someone who is going to go and uh, combat a a charge that you gave them. It, so I always tell people this, and I've been at a variety. work I've worked at properties that were managed by a variety of people, and I've seen people who are pretty laid back about this area, and some that have some very very clear direction on it. Um, but as far as chargebacks go, I always say make sure to send out a very easy to read, easy to understand chargeback sheet um, about eh, two weeks before move out and maybe even one more before you lose your summer people at the end of the year. Cause some of those people aren't coming back. Um, we only going to come back once or twice, but having a good, a good sheet to go out there. And what I mean by that is I've been at some that have almost ridiculous chargeback sheets in the way that they do things. They'll say, uh, you know, bigger than a quarter. That's all the ones you hear. That's fine. Bigger than a quarter. We're going to charge this, but I've seen ones where it says like zero to five holes is this much six to 10 holes is this much. And a lot of things that can be interpretation and so i say just be very very clear and also just encourage people to try to make it as simple as possible if you have a damaged wall that's going to take us time to to draw to you know to i would say kills uh mud and paint um then you know try to make more generic charges and just make it clear if you make it clear i tell everyone it's important to be on that thin line between scare and educate um you want to you want to <laughs> scare them because you want them to do it and uh it makes less work for work for turn obviously um but you also want to educate them'm to try to make them not feel like they've been bamboozled by your company because oh man they tricked me look at this look at this charge list I have I thought I left a pretty good apartment well there should be no confusion there if you put out a really really good charge sheet you're clear on what you're gonna do then it's so important and when I say scare versus educate you don't want to go just send out all these threatening letters you know we don't care you know here's a copy of last year's worst one we charge this guy 1800 bucks you know you don't none of that stuff is necessary and I've seen people do things like move out bingo which I used to hate but I'm coming around to just trying to have some kind of of event around there, close to the end of the year, have them answer some questions, give away a you know, give away you know a hundred dollar item, two hundred dollar item. Who cares? You're gonna probably save that in people going in and trying to do right, some yeah, of their
0: I, own. Today. I just I just learned something new. Move out bingo. Yeah, move right. out, bingo. Wait. It's yeah. like
1: trivia about what things you're gonna get charged for and what things are fine, and they'll have everyone come down and it's like an event and you give away something and uh, see, of so
0: the education. Like, a, I
2: like that. Yeah. I like that. They should do that with leases. Too, because one of my biggest pet peeves is the fact that you have these people who have no idea what's actually fully in their lease, and I, I feel like part of that is you know a little bit our responsibility to go over with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, because I was, I was about to stop you and say they're not just people who don't. <laughs> it's. It, it's this is this is the thing this is the thing that's different about student housing than anything else and this is why if 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 you as an operator are not thinking about these things and putting things in place and taking on the, re- the responsibility of the fact that you know you're trying to suit a, a client base that is stepping away from their incubator from the past 18 years and or 20 years. And if you're not comfortable with having to, um, you know, plan these things and I'm sure move out bingo actually costs a little mm-hmm. bit of money. And, and so if you're freaking out about if you're an asset manager or something like that, and you're freaking out about the fact that we you got to educate students on, you know, what or renters on what to do at move out. This is why student housing is different. No,
2: that's the thing. That's what actually what I'm going to say is that if you go through, this isn't specific to student housing, you go through the Google reviews or apartment reviews for any apartment community anywhere. I don't care if it's student housing, senior housing, conventional housing.
0: Exactly. It's because people have
2: no idea what their community policies are or what their lease requirements are. I go through, I've been going through this for the last 11 years with every single person I know where they're like, Greta, is this, are they allowed to do this to me? Yeah. They are. It was in your lease. You just didn't read it. And when I was a leasing consultant, a leasing manager and a community manager, I had a spiel where I went through every single one of the key items on their lease so that I knew every single item that potentially affected my residence that came up as the most common issues. I made sure that they heard and understood in that period of time as we were signing it. And do you know how many issues that avoided with my residents? That, and that was conventional. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and so like the unique thing, of course, he's saying, I, I guess with student is that we can do the, I guess you could do things like bingo and I don't know what kind of draw food has at every multifamily. I don't think I would have gone out for too much of it, but we do have kind of a cool way that we can be interpersonal with them and we can actually um, do things through events and stuff versus emails that they read and throw away. So um, I do think oh, if, if yeah. we realize that we can, again, offer food and educate, and it's just as much worth to do that than anything else with an event. So it, it's just big to let them understand And I remember watching this and they're like, all right, now what's the rule with this? And then, you know, here it is to fill in that one. Like the the bingo squares were like pictures of damages. And then he would read (laughs) up and you would cover up which one they were describing. It's how that one worked. But um, you have seen it done with Jeopardy as well, too. But just so everyone just kind of has a good general idea of it. Another thing I'm going to touch on real quick was I was also at a property that actually said no more holes in our walls, period. They went to 3M everything. Uh, Bold move. It it actually uh, worked out okay but the major issue was people were did not know how to take off a command strip so we as a team went and put together and i'm not gonna say what it's called i think it was a random number that we made private so no one's watching my video um, but we put out a video on how to remove command strips as well as doing a demonstration um, i still remember it now you do your left hand at the top of it you pinch it with your right hand and you drag your knuckle along the wall and pull it down and pop it off and everyone would say it's impossible to do you can't do this mine's been on there too long you know we had one that we had left up for you know a year or so just to go up there and show how they can be removed. So uh, anything like that that your team can throw together in a matter of minutes and attach it as a video um, and just make it a link on on your on your group text to your to your community. They'll click on it and uh, we actually had quite a few views because again people were just clicking on it because there it is. I guess I watched this video that has to do with my specific site and so any kind of thing like that it really does save money on the back end. So. That's all I'll say about as far as educating your people um, and being clear because being clear is so big. And again, these people will try to poke holes in your story and say, you know, either how come I didn't know that wasn't there last year or this could have happened from here. How do I know your paint's not cheap? I've heard everything. I've heard people say, you guys have cheap paint. That's why we have an issue with this wall. We have cheap paint. So, you know, you have a hole in the wall. I don't, you know, it doesn't make sense, but educating them and making it simple. It really is a combination of those two because we don't want all the questions. We don't need all the questions. And it's really easy too when you do your chart. Back, this is a ten dollar one. This is 25. You're missing this. This is 50. So, minimize how many line items you have and maybe group some of those together and just make it real simple and clear. And, uh, the best case scenario is they take care of most of their issues before you even see them,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, and I would even say, as you go, you know, as you go through that process, and you're like, oh, okay, we got to send out a group chat and you know, let everybody under you know, understand what we're talking about, and, and um. I would just say make sure that there's more than a mental note at that point. Have a process in place of capturing, you know, those. Uh, I don't want to call them ideas because in, in most cases you're taking action on it, but you want to be able to remember it for next year, right? Um, because no matter what kind of policies and procedures your, you know, your company gave you in regards to to your property, every property is a little bit different, and so there may be something that. Uh, You know, during the process of of moving out, like what you just mentioned, where you need to make everybody aware uh, as far as your residents, that's now something that you need to, that in future years, (laughs) you need to be making them aware of much earlier than, you know, the week of move out. So um, definitely have a process in place of of capturing those, those ideas, those thoughts that your staff has on, hey, this is how we could. This is something we should have done. This is how we can make things better. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's my my two cents on that. Know. Anything else, guys, before we get to the interview?
1: Yeah. No. I, I just well, I was gonna do one more thing about the uh, about turn vendors since I got asked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. I'll, I'll go into turn vendors. So, as far as invoicing for turn vendors um, and kind of that whole process there. It's, some of the stuff is repetitive about being clear and whatnot, but definitely be clear about expectations. Be clear, again, about what their charges are and what you're being charged for. I've been at sites where I didn't take the time to find out what would happen if we had an on-the-fly drywall repair or something or for cleaners. What if happens if we open up a fridge and there are maggots inside? Am I going to feel guilty about that, or do I just cross my arms and say, you know, that's part of it. You know, this is it. You bit out the room. Uh, it's not the room I showed you, but that's it. That's the set thing. So, again, being clear about what your add-ons are going to be and uh, finding out what those charges are, they're much better to have put down when they're just dying to get you to accept their bid than it is to have them negotiate with you where you really don't have a fallback during turn time. They could charge you you know, 150 for a giant jar repair. If your guys are so busy, you can't do it, you know, then you, you got to pay whatever they say. So being clear about the expectation, having it down there. Another thing I'll say is, And I talk about this because of my other job that I won't get into now, but I've seen invoices that are so ridiculous. I've had handwritten invoices. I've had to create my own invoices before. Um, All it ends up being is a large... Row of either four digit or three digit numbers that exist somewhere. So I will say, if um, you're doing this on your own for turn, definitely try to give them an example too of even before it kicks off. This is the way we like to have our invoices because this is the way we process them. You know, whatever it is, double space and put them in numerical. Something is easy putting in numerical order. It's so easy to look for doubles. Uh, That's something that I had to show somebody one time that you can actually throw it on Excel and put it in order and then go and take it back off and put it in an email and send it to me. Sure, if you're going to email me an invoice, and it's going to just have a generic list of the rooms and the numbers at the bottom. At least put them in numerical order for me to help weed out uh, duplicates or whatnot. But I think if you set and paint the picture, give an example, they want to do. And this again sounds like it's so high and mighty of the properties, but they really they want they want they want the work. I think you know everyone understands that. So if you give them the parameters and just show them how you want them to deliver that to you, how often you want them to invoice. Most companies have that in place, whether it be daily or or twice during the term period, but. Create that, have that, Um, they can use an example and it'll make your life easier because you can literally dictate what you're going to see if you tell them that's how you want it on the front end. And again, you know, set out the parameters and then I'll do one of my last little tip things I always talk about. But as far as the vendors go, I always say if you happen to have a fully vacant unit before turn starts and it's a broken record of those have heard me, but I just swear and live by it. Bring all your vendors in and have them do a sample run through your property. They're going to see what your expectation level is. They're going to see how long it takes them, which benefits them to see how many they can do in a day. They're going to find out you know, how it works. And sure, you might be thinking, what if they bail based on it? Well, then they were going to bail anyways. So it's better to let them see what it what it is. And sure, they're probably going to bring their best guy. So don't necessarily set it to what you see there. Um, but it's just such a great opportunity. And hey, they might not even charge you, which I've had ones where they didn't charge me before. But go ahead and find a room. Um, that you have vacant, something in the middle maybe, whatnot. You can throw them a scary one if you want to. Have them work, see how they work together, see how they get in and out of it. Again, that's a great time to go over and get those questions when it's not actual turn time, and you can take your time, look at it, and walk people through what you're going to be looking for, what you're going to be hitting on.
0: Yeah, I love throwing, of course, you know by the by the release of this, it's probably going to be a little too late to do some of that, but I love throwing them a really scary one because all of a sudden they have this this – look in their eyes like mm, maybe i should rebid this <laughs> <laughs> they start start kind of asking those questions of so i know our bid <laughs> <laughs> no that's you no, no. <laughs> this is it you <laughs> so anyway <laughs> yeah so anyway let's let's get into to this interview that i had with this group of folks that are um it was great having them all together because there was some Kind of going back and forth because even because they were from you know four different four different supply sides of of the industry they were it's it's funny how even when they start talking about it that that you, you you begin to really see how connected everything is especially when we've got uh, Josh Renberg from Entrada on here and I think everybody kind of went back and said okay how's this how does this end up. You know, affecting what needs to be done in the property management system and how, you know, the property management system can take off some of this burden automatically. So it was really cool kind of getting that perspective as well. So let's go ahead and and hit play and then we'll have some announcements in the outro. Well, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for, for taking some time to, to join me today and talking about how to finish the year strong. I, you know, as, as the academic and the leasing cycle comes to a close for the 2018 19 year, we, we wanted to, to review operational and marketing tasks that, that often get ignored during the move out and the turn process uh, <laughs> that will ultimately end up causing more work later and, more importantly, lost opportunity. So I've put together kind of an all-star cast of characters uh, joining in for this episode that are going to cover everything from property management systems and utilities and bad debt recovery, as well as reaching out to incoming international students. So... With with that being said, let me introduce these characters. We've got Josh Renberg with Entrada. How are you doing, Josh? Good. And we've got Steve Carter with Carter Young. Hey Wes. And Joanne Arell with Uniloggers. Hey guys. So uh, Josh, let's let's start with you because the PM application, regardless of which platform it is, if it's Entrada or or the other ones that will rename nameless since you're on the. <laughs> On the podcast today, yeah, you know, it, it's an integral part of of finishing the year strong and and to begin the new year even stronger. And I travel across the country, and heck, I can even say I travel around the world now, touring student housing communities. And I'm still amazed at the number of paper checklists, the the forms. Uh, that everyone still uses throughout the year, but especially for move out and move in. And don't get me wrong, paper is good, but paperless is better. And and I'm glad to see paper so that there was at least some thought of what a process needs to be. But honestly, if, if you can go paperless, and ignore all those or get away from all those piles of of you know paper forms and checklists and everything that happened around the the move in period and especially the move out period and, and you're able to capture all that stuff digitally right off the you know right off the mark, I think it's so much better. And and Trotta made a huge leap forward with the industry and in allowing property managers to to pretty much go paperless on so many things. Yet again, going back to these property tours that I that I constantly go on, people and and companies just don't seem to have really adopted the technology as well as I feel like they should have. Can you give the audience some insight on on what you know they're really leaving on the table, so to speak, by uh, not embracing? paperless functionality in their PM systems. Yeah,
3: you hit the nail on the head. Um, You've got to go paperless and really leverage your property management software. Um, So if you have paperless or spreadsheets, get rid of them if you can. Um, Reach out to your corporate team, work with them to get the functionality turned on and set up in your system so you can actually leverage it. And to your point about checklists, we see that uh, digital checklists are not nearly as utilized during move-out as they are in move-in, which virtually everyone's using on the move-in side. Um, so on the move out, they can be as simple as tracking which keys were returned and collecting a forwarding address um, or as detailed as you need them to be to, to stay organized. And,
0: and the nice part. One quick thing on that. I mean, Josh, you've spent, you know, what I love about talking to you in regards to in regards to technology and, and with Entrada is, you know, you've spent time on the ground like you. You understand it. And that's one of the main reasons, you know, I think Entrada wanted you to be part of their team was because you had that you had that experience from your standpoint why is it you, you mentioned move out it's less used versus move in is there in your opinion is there any reason behind that i think because it's it's simple right you're just accepting keys
3: but kind of an important thing is if you're not even using the checklists, do the process move out in real time. So when they turn in the keys, go ahead and go in your software and and process that move out in real time. That's really going to keep your system up to date. So when you're doing your reporting and knowing your occupancy and everything, um, that really keeps everything up to date and in sync. So definitely on the move inside, there's a lot of moving parts um, getting prepared. Um, The move out, again, it can just be simple as which keys they returned in the forwarding address. And the nice part about the forwarding address is so the residents can actually go into the resident portal and update that for you. So you're not having to transpose that over and have any accidental errors. Great. Um, I'll just re-emphasize, reemphasize the real-time move out. Um, you can still use bulk tools when, when it makes sense, like bulk modus Eight. Um, but there's so many things that benefit from it. Having the accurate up-to-date occupancy numbers minimizes those mistakes and really it eliminates all that catch-up work. There's so much to do um, during this time of the year. So the more you can do when you're in the moment and not have to remember to go back and do it, um, the better in my opinion. So definitely do those move outs in real
0: time. Yeah. Bulk functionality is, you know, when you're uh, quite honestly, if if the property management system uh, companies out there, did not put that function you know in their platform then it's it, it would be very hard for them to ever go after a student housing client because that bulk fun- functionality is key and we in as an industry we were all begging for it and when we got it i think a lot of folks were were hesitant to do it because they were so used to doing and, and a lot of it was because they were still doing a lot of things in paper that would not lend itself well to pushing that, you know, that bulk move out button. Right. Right. Um, And so it is one of those things that if you're staying within the system and you're doing everything within the system, it's going to give you so much more confidence when you go to hit that, that bulk functionality button. Yeah. I still
3: have nightmares of those boxes full of leasing files in the assistant manager's (laughs) office just waiting to be
0: processed. (laughs) Well, use that as motivation to just keep making the Entrada product better. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Well, hey, speaking of, of making the product better, I understand you've got some guys and gals back in the development kitchen that have been putting something together for uh, for move-in day this year. Do you care to, to share a little bit?
3: Yeah, so working really, really hard to push an updated move-in board, um, a really nice new interface. You'll still have access to the old one as well as the new one, um, but we're trying to get that out to all student clients, regardless of what release track you're on. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully we can deliver on that.
0: Well, great. Well, hey, the, moving on over to the, uh, the financial side of, of operations and, and end of the year strong, Steve your group is is the group that handles the revenue recovery that we're just not able to get once a, a resident moves out and you know I've worked with you for years you guys are, are great at doing it and what's been great in just my relationship with you is the type of care that you <laughs> that you go through with your clients on explaining to the site level you know how to to basically keep this from Uh, or to finish the year strong with collections. But, you know, no matter how great collections are throughout the rest of the year, we can collect rent every single month. Here at Move Out, there's just so many chances for for damages and, and charges for that, as well as last month's rent that ends up not being collected before someone moves out. And, you know, if we're not collecting it within, you know, Third, and I say we. If the operator is not collecting it within you know the first thirty days uh, to maybe one hundred twenty days with some people, it ends up going over to a recovery firm for for bad debt. Can you walk us through a little bit of, of you know what you're looking for, what your firm's looking for that sometimes doesn't come over the way that it should and ends up delaying that process even more before you guys are able to to start. the the collection process?
4: Hey, you bet, Wes, you bet. Uh, You know, today's consumer suffers from what I like to call convenient amnesia, (laughs) meaning they they never know why they owe the bill or they're quick to blame the property. Hey, that that three-legged table was like that when I moved in, you know, or that uh, pizza from March, uh, that was there when I moved in. That's not mine. So as you can imagine, from our perspective, we hear it all. And as a collection provider, you know, we're an information driven business and the challenges of serving an industry like student housing that has such progressive upward mobility, our, our challenges are really twofold. One is that missing key person's firsthand knowledge.
0: Yeah, because someone. Uh, it, well, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's the they, uh, there's a lot of upward mobility. So. Uh, yeah. You know that property manager or even assistant manager that was you know assessing those charges. By the time you're getting it, you know thirty to 120 days later, uh, that person could have very easily been promoted. You know, if it's within the organization, that probably is helpful. Um, but a lot of times that's outside of the organization, or sometimes <laughs> by the time someone gets through through turn, they just leave the industry. <laughs> so they, I, I they could understand that. that being a challenge.
4: It, it, exactly, they go on the uh, witness protection program. <laughs> but uh, so you're you're exactly right. You took my next line there, Wes. Is that the the dynamics of the industry dictates that a key manager is gonna transfer to another property. We see that happen so much, or or they're promoted uh, and move on to another organization. Uh, But the two challenges are, is that firsthand key knowledge that that person carries with them, or, uh, and also that of file integrity. You know, the result is their successor or the collection vendor is held hostage to the resident. And in many cases, their attorney, attorneys are like parking meters nowadays, they're everywhere. In many cases, we're held hostage to their biased narration mm-hmm. because in the file there are no detailed notes. The digital pictures don't clearly depict the condition of the unit at move out, or there's not an executed move out inspection on file, or it's not, or, or the key other key documents aren't scanned in. So we scramble to, you know, try to salvage the account
0: well and, and let me go back over here to, to josh for a second and because so much of you know back in my day it was god i'm really going to age myself when when we switched from taking the Polaroid <laughs> instant pictures to um you know document things to you know we were able to you remember the sony cameras that had the the cd or the dvd that you could you could <laughs> Insert into it and take pictures with that. I mean, you could typically like maybe you get forty pictures a CD on, it. <laughs> and and that's what you know what we are using. But so many of the uh, of uh, as far as other applications, I know with Entrada as well of using that that move out inspection form. You're able to attach photography to it. Just kind of interested in in you know the two of. Two of you guys in this. Now that so much stuff is kind of moved to paperless, and that process, is it is it easier to? I guess my question is 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 now that so many groups are going to paperless, are you guys and Josh kind of like just have your input on it as well? Are you seeing that that process in in the files that you're getting? Do you see that being more complete now?
3: Yeah, I think every year uh, more and more technology is getting adopted during the turn the process, one of those being a, an inspection software component where you can take a picture, which is attached to a charge, and if that's an outstanding balance when the, the resident moves out, then that appears on the, the move-out statement. And all of that is easily electronically delivered to any of the, the collection providers through our
0: system. So, yeah, Steve, are you, are you seeing a lot of files that are now coming over that, you know, be it using you know, something that Entrada integrates with or... um, Oh,
4: absolutely. It is is so much better now that that uh, is available, that functionality. Uh, The properties are are doing a better job, you know, indicating with the whiteboard that this is the unit number, that these are the pictures that are associated with uh, this unit. Uh, Some of the pictures we see, we'll have 20 pictures and we'll have maybe two or three that we could really use. Some are kind of crooked sideways and... It uh, doesn't really, you know, it's a brown wall, but you can't make out the, uh, you know, what, what the damage or cleaning factor is. Uh, so the composition uh, would could be an area to improve and have just had better, better pictures. Well, hey,
0: I know you were kind of moving to your second point about documentation. And let me just park that there for, for one second, because I want to come back to the to the whole thing with personnel. Because we stated a problem, but I don't know that we necessarily, you know, gave a solution. I think part of the solution of, you know, the fact that there's not going to be, you know, the same staff there, you know, thirty to, to 120 days after move in um, or after move out. So, so a lot of that actually does back into having, you know, complete and accurate documentation. But do you have any suggestions for companies that you know obviously recognize that? Uh, you know, uh, there's going to be staff issues, and I mean, in, regardless of you know what's inherent with the with the industry, with you know being promoted and that type of thing, you never know when someone's going to get hit by a bus on their way into work, right? And uh, you know, I, I hate to sound crim <laughs> like that, but there there needs to be a process in place so that uh, firms like yourself have got somebody. That they're able to communicate with it that has working knowledge of, of what's happened to these specific accounts. Any suggestions on maybe things you've seen other companies do or that you suggest to companies to handle that?
4: Yep, absolutely. You know, the, the constant uh, theme from the management companies that we communicate with is NOI is king. And for us, file integrity is is the key denominator to strong cash flow for the property. You can. I can show you a property in a saturated market. It could be a C property, it could be an A property, and they outperform because they because they they do a great job in gathering information. I encourage my clients to think like private detectives,
0: which uh, you are one. Drill down,
4: <laughs> drill, drill down and find out the circumstances and why this resident moved out early, and document it document that they were informed of what those obligations would be. A lot of times, Wes, we hear that they said I could move out and I didn't know any money or, or other circumstances. When that, when that key manager documents factual information, it memorializes the facts. Archive any, any, any incrementing incrementing, I can't say that word, email communications from either the resident or the guarantor. Obtain forwarding address, contact information, or job changes. A lot of times this information is given to the on-site team. It's just not documented. And that is just invaluable information. And what it does, it eliminates the collection vendor from having to chase rabbit yeah. trails. And, and I think I can, think
0: a lot of the problems, and Josh, I'm going to lean on you here again, because I, I don't even know if to offers this functionality, but you know, there's... Uh, during the move-out process, and, and that's kind of the time when a lot of this information is being told to the staff, they're not in front of their computer. They're, they may not even be in front of, you know, a, an iPad or something that, you know, they can get access to to put those resident notes, you know, in the system. Uh, does it try to have the functionality yet? And if not, I'm going to ask you to fast forward this on the Uh, You know, on the the fast track.
3: (laughs) Um, Put on your list of wish list items.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as far as, I mean, everybody's got their phone with them, right? Is is there a way that um, Entrada allows for, for the gathering of that information so that it could be entered straight in the phone versus, you know, at the very least, hopefully someone is, you know, instructing their staff, hey, you're going to get a lot of information. It ultimately needs to get back into Entrada, pull out your notes app and keep a running list and, you know, follow up with it e- each afternoon. But is there something that Entrada currently offers that, that can capture that from their phone? So you can
3: absolutely access Entrada from any device, any browser um, on an iPhone when you're trying to get to the resident account, it's not going to be as optimized to a mobile screen, uh, but you can certainly get in there. and can do notes. Um, the best means and method is going to be on, on an iPad through site tablet where you can pull out that resident record, add the notes, attach any photos as well. Any documents too. All
0: right. Well, I've got my first request down because you're right. <laughs> the uh, there's definitely, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a lot better than me. You know, what I've seen from, from other providers and, and even what you guys started out with as far as how, you know, visually appropriate it is for for an iPhone screen. I don't know if that has more to do with what you guys have been working on or the fact that the the screens have gotten larger. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, would love to have something like that where you could put in resident notes and, you know, it, it feel like a native app almost. So guys, you, you heard it here first <laughs> on the Student Housing Insight podcast. If you ever get that functionality, you've got me to think for it. All right, Steve. Any other any other thoughts and recommendations for folks on on ending the year strong?
4: Just just take your cash serious. Um, maintain uh, maintain good contact with the resident at move out, and uh, again, just make sure your documentation is in order. Uh, make every reasonable effort to try to collect it in house, and. Uh, you know, just determine what the point of diminishing returns in and get it to your collection provider as, as early as possible. I would also encourage a lot of times the resident or guarantor will reach out to the property post placement. And I would encourage the property to forward any of those leads onto their collection provider uh, so they can redirect their efforts. And if they're able, if there's accelerated rent, if that's a factor uh, to you know, certainly let that agent know of the revised
0: balance. Great. Thanks. So, Joanne, thanks for waiting patiently as we've kind of gone through all these operational things and, and now want to talk a little bit more about marketing and 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 the leasing side of things. But, you know, you're in the business of helping international students find housing in the U.S., which, you know, has amazed me in my experience you know how many international students literally show up stateside with zero accommodation set up, I, obviously because they didn't check with Unilodgers uh, before they left their home country, <laughs> or, or maybe they did and and you know there were not any properties listed for the university that they're that they're going to. Which you know I, again I want to uh, I know I've said this several times over the over the past year because Unilodgers is one of our Fab Five. Uh, groups for this year on, on doing some interesting things within the space. And, uh, you know, if, if you're an operator out there and you have not put your property on the Unilogers platform, you are missing leases for, or at least missing getting in, getting your property in front of more international students. So, But, you know, again, I think there's a lot of students that, you know, are international students that see that there's not any, that anything listed on unilodgers.com and you end up, you know, that person ends up just saying, screw it, I'll stay in a hotel for a week or so and try to find housing once I actually get there. And, you know, there's a lot of property managers and leasing managers that are listening to this right now saying, well, geez, how do I get in front of those people? You know, obviously, listing on unilodgers.com uh, not to make this a huge advertisement <laughs> for for Unilodgers, but what other advice do you have for for those listeners on you know how to make their property highly visible and, and attractive to international students? And I don't mean just the tangible part of the property, but you know the the, the soft parts of it too, like the staff and how they're welcoming people and uh, you know other outreach type things that they can be doing. What, what's your advice for those people?
5: Well, you know, I would say Wes, um, first, you know, thanks for having me and I'd say maybe maybe we save the best for last. But you know, when it comes to when, when it comes to international students and accessing them, you really have to use I think every resource that you can. They operate on a referral basis for the most part, part and they are most likely to Pick a place to live if they know someone they know has some sort of connection to that property from past experience. The same goes for working with unit you know, or even some of our competitors out there, where they've had a good experience and so they share that. And then, you know, you tell somebody and they tell somebody and then they end up at your marketing source looking for housing options. Um, the other thing that I would say about, you know, online marketers and, you know, not only Uniloggers, but again, all the other ones out there, again you know, we all kind of have, I would say, specialties as far as, you know, the students that we reach. So use every, use every resource that you, that you can. In most cases, it's based on a success fee model, kind of going back to what you were saying before, where you're not paying anything until you actually get a signed lease. So, It is free marketing. And the other thing that I always tell people is think about, you know, when you go to book a hotel, for example, and you go to hotels.com or you go to booking.com and you might go there to look at all the options that are out there, but then you might go directly back through the site to actually, you know, um, book your hotel, or in this case, lease your apartment. So there's huge benefit just in that where you're, these companies out there like Unilogers and the rest of us are, are, you know, working on your behalf all the time and, and in the background. So you really need to make use of that and look at every option that's out there and don't hold back because in my opinion, and I think a lot of, a lot of operators would agree, a filled apartment that you pay a small, a small fee on is a lot better than an empty apartment that sits open for 12 months and zero rent. So you know that's that's the first thing that I would I would put out there. The other is um, in a lot. Well, I think and, a lot of if, people if you don't,
0: can if you can hold on to that yeah. for just one second because I want to speak to it um, on the on the technology side and and because and to be mm-hmm. completely transparent, Unilodgers is is a client of my other company, uh, Providential Student Housing, um, and you know I've been working with them for the past year on introducing their brand. To the U.S. through the you know as they're going through their U.S. expansion this year, and and so I want to be completely you know transparent about that, and, but at the at the at the same time you know I want to kind of <laughs> kind of address some of the things that I've heard uh, you know as as you guys have have been going through that expansion of people really trying to understand the platform and you know immediately well why would I want to list because let, let's face it ILSs as far as the apartments.com and apartment god you know love those guys but you know for the amount of money that we that we pay uh, to list the properties there we don't in the student housing industry for the most part now this isn't this isn't typical in every single market. But we just don't get the R- the ROI on it that you know the con- the conventional operators um, typically get. So from <clears throat> from that standpoint, when you're talking about a, a listing service like Unilodgers, one it being fee based, so that or success fee based, so that you know you're only paying for leases that you're getting. And and I know specifically with Unilodgers, it's based on you know, it's it's based on that person actually moving in, not just signing a lease, but that person actually moving in right. before anything's actually paid. But the but the other thing that uh, that I hear quite a bit is, well, if they're just googling uh, and I think about it, and you know, as a student from you know China or India, and they're they're able to to get on the computer and just Google, you know, student housing in Gainesville, Florida. To go back to to one of the things that you said, yeah, the, their property may come up. There's some things that you know Unilodgers is able to do from an SEO standpoint that no individual property or portfolio is ever going to be able to obtain in relationship to right. to ranking, and, and I can I know that because I've seen it in the UK and Australia, and you know once it really you know takes hold in in the US, it's going to be the same way. And so, from from that standpoint, you got to understand what's what's coming down the lawn with that. The the other thing in relationship to that, when you're talking about international students, they go and do that, you know, do that Google, and they find you know uh, some type of listen to me talk like an old man. They do that Google. Uh, They they, they go through, they do the Google search, the Bing search, whatever. And, you know, they've got a massive, when you think about University of Florida and the number of properties that, that are in Gainesville that are student specific, it's very overwhelming. And when you're talking about you know, a platform like Unilodgers to go back to what you talked about earlier in regards to referrals, the Unilodgers website is is kind of built with that referral, at least from a review standpoint, so that that referral process is kind of built in. And, you know, that same kid in China or India are seeing other kids from their same hometown in those countries saying, hey, this is where I stayed, had a great experience, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just a different experience than having to search through, you know, Google listings of of properties. So, anyway, just wanted to make that that quick comment.
5: Yeah, and just kind of to tag on that real quick. Um, you know, we, we Unilodgers are are our marketing experts. You know, from a couple different perspectives, uh, we're experts at marketing to international students. We're experts at the online and Google marketing. Aspects. So use, use our resources. You know, our, our budget again, goes way, way beyond um, yeah, probably what any individual put into it. And, and we're, 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 we're catering to and pulling into that international student base where we're able to communicate with them in real time. And, you know, we've heard a lot about communication throughout the, the call, and being able to communicate with them and help them through the leasing process. I mean, think about how overwhelming it is just to go to school in a new state when you're a U.S.-based student. Well, think about if you're an international student coming from India and you're going to school in the in the United States. Now you're dealing with a whole, you know, another country and, you know, everything that, that goes into it. So we really help with that process and making sure that you get to an actual signed lease because we all have a vested interest in it. So you know, I think that that's that's important. And you know, kind of tying back to the move out process in international students and kind of giving a few tips there is, you know, they. It's really important that we communicate with them that they understand their their full lease term and that it's, you know, 12 months and it's not a 10 month lease and that they own their rent for the remaining two months. And a lot of times it's just a communication gap there because if you think about an international student again going to school, they pay a lot of money, you know, to be in another country, to go to school for a year. And they really don't want to, you know, they're here for a reason and they don't want to violate um, the rules of their lease. So, if we just properly communicate to them what that is, you're a lot less likely to have those those early move outs or without you know getting your remaining months of of lease, lists, lease payments that are due to you. So, you know, it's just something to think about. That using a little extra care on the communication side when you um, are dealing with your communication. I mean, with your international. Service. Yeah,
0: that that's that's the biggest thing with. Uh, with move outs uh, with international students because a lot of them you know a lot of them will end up you know leaving early over the summer even as early as as the springtime right and it, it, they're not planning to walk out on on their financial obligations some do and, and uh, you know <laughs> right
5: we won't excuse them all yeah um,
0: <laughs> but but for the for the most part I would say they you know they end up you know for those that do move out early they do end up. Keeping up with their financial obligations and, you know, uh, uh, I think over, like you said, over communicating that, you know, I would say at this point in time of the year, it's, it's probably a little late. But remember that for next year, having those conversations, right. knowing, you know, and I, I'm sure we're probably getting into a little bit of fair housing here of, you know, identifying which ones are international students. Uh, you know race is obviously <laughs> a big thing but being a student from another country i don't i don't think there's any reason you can't you know identify someone uh, you know within a rent role as, as being an international student i uh, would love for you know a fair housing attorney to come on the show and tell me otherwise because um, that's a very healthy discussion that i think this industry needs to have but uh, being able to to identify those those residents and communicate with them in advance of, Hey, whatever your plans are, just be aware that, you know, these are your financial obligations and, and, you know, kind of work with them to, to make sure that they, they leave on a, on a great note so that, you know, they're not frustrated by something because when you turn them over to Steve, you know, because they, they've left unpaid rent or, or unpaid damages, um, Steve's going to have a really hard time chasing that person down if they don't have a social security number or some, ty- some type of tax identification within the U.S. Correct. Well, I- anything else again with, and this is really you know kind of about, uh, I- I'm glad we talked about ending the lease process with, with current international students or residents that you have. But then on top of that, you know, going back to that question as far as this being the time to get in front of them, I know that, uh, and if I'm, you know, taking something out of <laughs> out of what you wanted to talk about, Joanne, let me know. But you know, I've seen a lot of folks that will go as far as you know, working with the international department to set up bus service to the airports to to pick these folks up, uh, and that's you know that that's needed because one, the university isn't always able to to do that. I would definitely say make sure that. You've got everything worked out with your insurance in order to do that. But, uh, you know, being able to go and pick up students so that they've got transportation back to the university. Because in a lot of situations with these university towns, they may be two hours from an airport and, you know, landing in the US and then having to take a, a two hour Uber ride with th- someone you know nothing about. <laughs> Can be a little scary. So, you know, having, you know, working with the international department to, you know, provide that service, I think is a great way of not only helping out your university and those students, but also to begin getting your brand in front of those folks. Any any other things like that that you would recommend as well?
5: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, um, that, that's a really great point. And there um, are even, you know, concierge services out there that kind of help with that aspect of it as well. In terms of unilodgers, you know, if there's anything like that um, that we can help with in explaining in the, you know, actual leasing process. And, you know, when you when you work with Unilodgers, we're with you until the end of the move out process. So we can always go back and communicate with that resident on your behalf. So if there's something that that you want to communicate that you forgot, or maybe that's an important point, you know, let us know and use all your resources again out there to get that that communication, because there is nothing worse than, you know, landing um, in a new place and finding out that, you know, you're two hours away from where you had to go, or, um, you know, there was something that you needed to have in order to move in, like renter's insurance before you could actually move in and finding out when you arrive at the property, because that could be really, overwhelming and so we want to head all of those off at the past not just for your international students but all of your all of your students really and making sure that they you know know every part of what's gonna what's gonna be coming at them when they get there
0: great. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, for for taking the time out to to be a part of uh, of this and, and and passing on sharing some of this information with our listeners. You know, a lot of times, you know, we know these things as operators and, and just need to be reminded of them as we go into the season. Uh, but for a lot of the audience, this is their first time being in a management position during move out, and you know, are looking to this podcast to give them direction. And, and I know the, um, I know those listeners specifically are, are very grateful, uh, for you guys taking the time to do this. So thanks again. Uh, any other parting thoughts?
5: No, thanks for having us
0: all. Well, great guys. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, there you have it guys it was uh, it, it was a lot of fun doing that uh, outside of there's a lot of technical issues that you may kind of hear in, in that uh, in that recording that we had along the way it's 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 tough having five people in a recorded lawn and trying to to make everything perfect Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, but again, I, I, I hope this serves well for everybody as, as a reminder. That was the main reason I wanted to do this, just because, you know, I, hopefully your company is doing or doing these things. But I know for me, having uh, someone to sit down with and, and kind of going through, okay, what did we learn last year? And, you know, if we got everything really tightened up and just having, uh, you know, someone reminding you of those things, I think is is huge. So, yeah, I, hopefully everybody got something out of that. And and if, if you're new to student housing, new to a management position, maybe this was news to you. Hopefully you got even more out of it. So good luck to everybody. I mean, there's going to be some other podcasts that are going to be coming out during turn and, and all that. But, I, you know, I wanted to just say good luck to everybody uh, that's about to go through that. And uh, we'll see you on the other side, obviously. Make sure that listen. If you come across any problems during turn, and you just kind of need someone to bounce an idea off of, uh, feel free to email us at contact at studenthousinginsight com. I, I can't say that I'm going to be you know terribly um, quick to respond on it, but would love to to hear any kind of issues that you're coming you're coming across, and obviously want you to uh, to to work with internally with your own company to make sure you're clear on everything that you're supposed to be doing but would you know at the same time love to hear from you and see if there's something that we can collaborate on to to make sure that you've got a very very smooth move in but once move in is over with it's time to start thinking about attending one of our summits Uh, we've got two that are coming up right after everyone is is finished with move in we've got uh, first one coming up uh, September 10th in Waco, Texas. Our summits are, are turning into two-day events now. There's there's been a workshop component and uh, you know a, a presentation component, um, more of a, a of a conference type feel to to the presentation part of it. We're separating that out. The workshops are getting much more in depth. Which is which is great. I love having that, and, and it's it's really helping us evolve some of the things that we're doing with our market analysis module. So that is now being done on the second day. Um, it, it's completely optional. Trust us. If if you feel like you don't need any help on creating a market analysis for your market, don't come. Uh, it's not something that you've got to come to. Um, but if 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 you know that you're you're struggling in your market, you want to get a better idea of what's going on, and more than more than anything, you just want to be able to understand the process of going through a market analysis, and and being able to explain what's going on in your market to your uh, to your investors and to your supervisors. This is a, a fantastic course to to go through in order to to achieve that. So. But at the same time, there's a lot of folks that love coming to the summits just because of the the networking and the inspiration that they get from a lot of the topics that we're discussing. That's all going to be in day one, and it also allows us to start at 10 o'clock instead of 9 o'clock in the morning, which is great when you're talking about a regional summit and everybody's driving. But this one coming up in Waco, Texas, is going to be a lot of fun because not only are you know we kind we're kind of in between uh, Austin and Dallas, where a lot of the attendees live. Uh, also, it's home to Baylor, so we've got uh, several local communities there that they're going to be able to attend. And uh, Baylor's just a great campus if you've never seen it. And then then you've got. Chip and Joanna <laughs> and all the beauty they've built in Waco. <laughs> so uh, part, of, part of the activities that we're doing is Waco tours, which takes everybody around to a lot, of the, a lot of the sightseeing activities in Waco, but also get to check out a lot of the homes from the Fixer Upper series. So that's really cool.
2: I've said it a million times. I'm going to keep saying it. I think that Waco is going to be my favorite. I'm very, very excited about it. And for, you already said it, for everybody who loves HGTV, everybody who loves Fixer Uppers, Hashtag shiplap, baby! All right, so <laughs> so <laughs> this is the one to be to be at for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: and so and so that event is really geared towards markets in Texas and Oklahoma. But as we've said before, if if you're not in those markets and you still just want to attend because you want to get the content out of it, feel free to to come along. We had someone register yesterday from California, so you know, excited about that. Don't feel like you have to to be from those markets, even if you're from a market outside of those two states and you want to go to the market analysis, you know, let us know what market you're coming from and we'll be able to to pull up that report for your market as well. And then coming up on October 1st and 2nd, we have the the southeast which was where we started last year that's going to be at the national whitewater center in charlotte north carolina so if you're in georgia south carolina north carolina virginia and eastern tennessee and by eastern tennessee i mean anything nashville and east you want you want to make sure that you get to to that event because it's going to be it's going to be really big Well, I was going to say, and just to uh, go off of the Charlotte one, that place is amazing.
1: When you get there, even if you picture it in your head, what a whitewater whitewater rafting place should look like, um, that place was an adult uh, Chuck E. Cheese, if you will. (laughs) And uh, I promise if I go this time, I'm definitely going to um, do some more daring stuff. I wasn't quite dressed the part last time is the excuse I'm going with right now, but um, I like it. it uh, I, might getting, I might get in that water. I'm going to zip line. I'm going to jump. Uh, I'm going to try to knock out as much stuff as I can back that way again. Cause I definitely had some envy of the people who were getting some amazing Instagram <laughs> exactly. uh,
0: pictures and videos uh, out they're there.
2: jealous.
0: well it's yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because i i mean all of our all of our locations have been very instagram worthy i mean between you know kennedy space center uh, with uh cincinnati zoo waco is going to be pretty phenomenal and uh Yeah, I know some. I didn't really understand how cool Waco was (laughs) until I've spent a couple of, uh, I've had a couple of trips there over the past, I don't know, ten months or so, and it's it's got just a really cool vibe about it, and and I think everybody's going to love it. Well,
2: yeah, Joanna decorated, pretty much, (laughs) pretty
0: much. Um and then
2: never underestimate the power of Joanna yeah, Gaines. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you know
0: this is this is part of what we wanted this series of summits to be. We wanted it not to just be something that you know everybody's crowded into a hotel lobby. We we want it to be something where you know first of all, if if you If you come dressed in a tie, you're going to be laughed out. You're going to be out of place. So, again, if if you've got any interest in being at one of those, uh, make sure that you check us out at studenthousinginsight.com and just click on the events tab. And then, of course, as Greta alluded to earlier, if you're listening to this and you're in student housing and you haven't become part of the student housing insight community or what we refer to as the SHI community, Make sure that you're registering for that. You just go to the website, look in the upper right-hand corner. You'll see a login. Click on that. Then just click sign up. It'll take you through the process. But we've got a great forum there that anything student housing is being discussed. Some things that aren't student housing are being discussed, but it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And then we, uh, you yeah, know, this is also a great place for job posting as well. We've got we've got a job posting section that you're able to that you're able to select within our forum. And we've got a man. I think like this week we've had like three or four.
2: We've had so just on many jobs. job
0: postings. this Yeah, week. yeah, and yeah. so. Um, Regardless if you're looking for someone with student housing experience or if you're looking for a position within within the industry, this is a fantastic place to be doing that. So go join today. Hey, guys, thanks so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and, and the laughing that everybody is hearing it's in relationship to other things that have been edited out so anyway mm-hmm. but guys thanks so much again everybody good luck with turn and we'll talk to you soon
2: finish strong